for the introduction. My name is Maishi Hara from Hokkaido University. I am a cultural anthropologist whose grandmother was Ainu lady. Uh, I would like to thank all the organizations to support this opportunity and inviting me to speak to you today. And also I thank all the masculine people that I'm on the unceded territory. I'm not used to talk to uh, talk in English, so please forgive me with my English. I'm honored to be here at UBC. I was here two years ago with some researchers and undergraduate students and was very surprised to see the great relationship between university and indigenous community. <coughs> in my dissertation, I mentioned much about great relationship and also announcement UBC indicated about this unceded land of masculine people because this never happens in Hokkaido. We didn't even have a critical perspective workshop last year, which was celebrated Hokkaido 150 anniversary. Hokkaido, or in broader view, Japan is a support of international nations, people, or community to reconsider our colonial history and post-colonial current issues. In this talk, I will examine the situation of people with Ain heritage by exploring the concept of what I call liminars. Liminars are those who do not belong to any established social category and are not necessarily in between within a particular society. I found the Ain situation quite different from how other indigenous communities are treated in other parts of the world. Back in August 2014, Yasuyuki Kaneko, an assemblyman in support, posted a comment on Twitter stating that indigenous Ainu group no longer exists and suggesting those who identify as Ainu are motivated by government programs that benefit the ethnic minority. The present law does not encompass anything that may legally confirm the term Ainu. It was in 2014. Kaneko claimed that state support, including scholarship and low interest housing loans, are why people claim to be Ainu and questioned if there are any Ainu peoples who live using Ainu language. Kazushi Abe, the Vice President Director of the Ainu Association of Hokkaido, challenged Kaneko's comments. I felt disgusted with his lack of knowledge. It was regretful seeing this aimed effort to restore the rights of Ainu people, Abe said. But this debate wasn't surprising to me, as we keep hearing people say, where are Ainu people? Have you ever seen Ainu people before? Even school teachers never seem to realize that there are actually Ainu descendants in their classroom. But at the same time, I've never met anyone who identified himself or herself as Ainu while I was at school in Sapporo. I was born and raised in Sapporo city. The population is about two million, so there's the anonymous of the big city. The Ainu lived for centuries in Hokkaido and nearby Sakhalin in Korea Island, but the Japanese cabinet only recently passed a bill to recognize the Ainu as indigenous people who have their own language, region, religion, and culture. But who are the Ainu? According to the survey conducted by Hokkaido government in 2017, the Ainu population of Hokkaido was a bit over 13,000 based on the number of those who identify themselves as Ainu, some assume there could be around 100,000 people who have Ainu heritage across Japan and beyond, but they are often invisible and silent, so they remain inaccessible. I am one of them. 
Some research points out that people who, do, who don't express their Ain heritage are either denying their identity or hiding. The issue of indigenous identi identity is very important, however, to consider the current situation of those with Ainu heritage, it is even more important to grasp the Japanese social structure, especially regarding race and ethnicity. I learned that in Canada, a population, a population census is conducted every five years. The latest is like this. And I was struck by the fact that many kinds of ethnic and cultural backgrounds were reported, like 250, and about half of the population is multiracial or multicultural, and more than half of the population claim that their ancestors are from somewhere, uh, places other than Canada. In stark contrast, <coughs> Japan is often portrayed, uh, portrayed as being homogeneous. In Japanese census, there is no category to indicate their ethnicity or race for Japanese nations, but there's a category for foreigners. Uh, Japanese nationals are thus supposed to be nationally, ethnically, and racially Japanese. Research indicates it is very hard to conduct a survey of Ainu descendants who are hiding their heritage. Therefore, nobody grasps the whole, uh, grasps the whole picture of Japanese society. The otherness, different cultures, people, and history are not taken into consideration, and there isn't much space for discussion about differences within a society. I'd like to talk about why most of Aina descendants remain silent. It is not enough to indicate that those people are afraid of discrimination, but we need to illustrate how the social structure of Japan and colonial history stole the history and voices of people with Aina heritage who are like me. In order to understand that, we need to unpack the complicated word minzoku, sorry, the Japanese word minzoku can be translated into English as ethnicity or nationality. It refers to a group of people who share culture, language, and identity. Ainu people nowadays are Japanese nationals with a Japanese citizenship and speak Japanese language and practice Japanese culture. I am a cultural anthropologist, so my point of view of culture is something keeps changing. In Ainu case, there have been almost well, almost no reservation, and everybody had to uh, live individually in Japanese society by their own. It was almost impossible to stick together for most of the Ainu people uh, for almost one century. There are reasons why the culture had to be changed. Some of you attended the concert last night, and so Mayunkiki and Tomoe, I think it's in the back, um, they sang and danced very beautifully. And that was very special because it is really hard to inherit the traditional culture for many Ainu descendants. What I have experienced was much different. Well, my mother and very close relatives never even uttered the word Ainu to each other. When I was 12, I saw my mother was raising her voice talking to her cousin and said, I told my husband's family about my minjoku. It was a very strange occasion to see my mother talking like that, and I didn't understand the meaning of minzoku. I was only 12. I asked her later what she meant by minzoku. She asked, do you really want to know? Won't you regret to hear it? And she told me that my grandmother was Ainu. The reason they used the word minzoku instead of Ainu 
is because they don't want to say the word Ainu. It is too much to pain to just say it. However, my mother says, I am an Ainu person, but I'm not a member of Ainu Minzoku. Many have preconceived ideas of Ainu people as those who practice traditional culture. But what does it to be mean to be an Ainu person then? I must say it was very shocking for me to find out my Ainu heritage. My mother also told me not to tell anyone about my background unless the person is knowledgeable about Japanese history. But I have to say, not so many people are knowledgeable, even the school teachers. So um, I had a big secret with me, which I can't tell, even tell my best friend about the background because not so many people are knowledgeable about the Hokkaido history. I have a non-Ainu father. I hesitate to use the word wajin because it's a really controversial now. So non-Ainu father whose ancestor was in the Kotoni colonial troop, which was the first group of Japanese people to settle and develop the island of Hokkaido. I assumed I had never met Ainu people until then without knowing my heritage. I don't identify myself as Ainu, but people never accept my explanation and just treat me as Ainu. People tell me that I'm refusing my identity or searching for my identity. To me, it is very violent to be said that. Some people tell me to be just Japanese if you don't choose an identity. But as I, as I indicated, in Japan, the classification of people is just Japan or the other. So if you have a different blood, it means you are not majority Japanese. More Ainu people I met, more excluded I felt. It is not just about my identity issues, but the social structure that makes me feel very uncomfortable to, be, to live with. I needed to know why people never tried to hear my voice. I started the journey stretching back to 100 years of my family history to get back to the stolen history of my own. My great-grandmother, her name was Tsuru. Tsuru is like crane in English. She had a Japanese name. She had tattoo around her lips, and she lived uh, with Ainu traditional culture, and she, her mother tongue was actually Ainu language. But she, when, she have to, when she had to take a bus to see her daughter in next village, she just had to hide the tattoo because everybody points out, especially like children say, okay, I know, I know, I know. So I take this as tattoo played a role as stigma in a society. And then my grandmother, Chiyako, he was born in Kotan. Kotan is an Ainu village. But Chiyako started to work in a Wajin run farm when she was only eight. So she couldn't even go to elementary school. And she sometimes had to eat rotten rice in the farm she didn't, so she never tried to practice any Ainu culture after that because she knew that was not a good way to survive in that society. So for her, that was the only way to survive. Be, becoming Japanese was the only way to survive in a Japanese society. So decided to marry a Wajin man or non-Ainu non man so as to reduce the percentage of Ainu blood. And this is really... This is really sad because denying the 
their own blood, it means like denying yourself. Then my mother Itsuko didn't inherit any Ainu culture because like my grandmother was trying to be Japanese. But racially, she was treated Ainu. So she had a um, non-Ainu father, but she never tried, she never was treated as non-Ainu because so I think there was a like a one drop rule of blood. So if you have a one drop of blood, you're Ainu. So people were recognized as Ainu in her village. She was involved with Ainu movements in 70s and 80s and published uh, newspapers about Ainu issue, but she, after that, she just felt emptiness because she didn't have any traditional culture, but the racially she was treated Ainu and it was really hard for her to find herself. So, and there's next to me, but <clears throat> I call this a vertical and horizontal separation from generation to generation, we could not inherit how to become or to be Ainu. And because there was a um, vertical separation, it will lead to a horizontal separation. Sorry. So what has only been inherited in my family for 150 years is the effort and sentiment of not being Ainu. For my ancestors, that was the only strategy to survive in Japanese society, but invisible racism in Japan does not allow those Ainu descendants to become completely Japanese. So this made us silent and invisible. The Wajin or non-Ainu used to work as an ethnicity category, but to me, it works as a racial category in the current situation because it's about blood. And so this kind of discussion is, needs to be done in the future. We are not completely Ainu, but we are not Japanese either. So there are official Ainu, there are official Ainu history and Japanese history, but they, these are not our history. So in Japan, especially in Hokkaido, it's very clear one is officially either Ainu or Wajin, but there is no category for what I call Ainu liminers. By becoming invisible and silent, our history is stolen from us. Every society has, um, sorry. Seeing American society in my youth, I realized how hard to live with a different background in Japanese society. The experience in the United States prompted me to get involved with international education and I worked as a teacher for five years. I kept asking myself, shouldn't we know about Japanese diversity first before we see other countries? So I left this teaching job and entered a graduate school when I was 28. And as a, I decided to become a cultural anthropologist to pursue this question. Every society has its own way to classify society, people, and culture. In Japan, classific classification is either Japanese or others who have discriminated minority blood the liminers who are lost between structural categories or do not belong to any established categories are permanently excluded from such classification. So there is no classification for someone someone like myself who has a mixed heritage as Ainwajin or indigenous settler. Amongst the whole population of Ainu descendants, I would say more than 90% of people are silent about their Ainu heritage or not living as Ainu person, 
as I indicated above, non Ainu had to intermarry a non, most Ainu had to intermarry a non Ainu person and decided not to live as Ainu. Many don't tell their children about their Ainu background, and as a result, most of Ainu descendants has no history but great pain to become invisible and silent. It feels like we don't have name and face. So the situation of those people with mixed heritage in Japan is much more complicated than what research or media often reports. The Japanese government didn't recognize other ethnic groups in Japan until recently. Being Japanese means people with no minority blood. So things have been changing recently, however. For example, the tennis player Naomi Osaka, who has mixed uh, Haitian and Japanese heritage, is very welcomed as Japanese since uh, she won the major titles. So, <laughs> because of such concrete binary classification, being Japanese or non-Japanese, it is hard to find a space for dialogues among people who don't fit into the established category. We might find some similarity with Meti people here, maybe, but the big difference are maybe Aino liminers are all alone. We are invisible and silent, so there's no chance to meet each other and don't think uh, oneself as indigenous person, so there's no political aim to become together at the moment. Okay. Japan often avoids using the word colonial or colonization in discussing the Ainu situation. Even media hesitates to use it. So the Ainu policy is only about culture and welfare, but not about land or decolonization. Two years ago, I was very surprised to see masculine people here because they wear Western clothes and claimed about land. On the contrary, in Hokkaido, Ainu people have to wear traditional robe and talk about traditional culture. So this is one of the most important difference here and there. I am much aware how hard situation Ainu has, Ainu has been living today and a serious discussion about indigenous right to be done, but at the same time, there are Ainu liminers who kept silent with great pain. So we need to make a space not only for Ainu, but also for Ainu liminers so that they can reconnect to their history and heal the pain. And to achieve this, what we first need to do is to re-clarify Japanese history and social structure at the national level. The situation in Japan is very different from Canada. Canada is, Canada is a settler colonial nation, but also a nation of immigrants, while Japan has a history of settler colonialism, but almost nobody can use the word colonial. So Canada is a multicultural society, but Japan is predominantly homogeneous, at least on the surface. Not only for Ainu people, but also for Japanese, being different is not easy in Japanese society, and even starting discussion around this issue is very hard. And what I have inherited from my family is the effort of sentiment of not being Ainu and becoming invisible and silent. Now, after 23 years since my mother told me about Ainu heritage, and almost 10 years to pursue this question, I have my, own, I have my history back to my own. This is my history, which is different from Ainu people's official story, history, and which is also not to be stolen by anybody. I am not confused about my history and identity at all. Even people keep telling me so. I'm very proud of me and my, and my Ainu grandmother, Tsuyako, who never even said the word Ainu in front of me in her lifetime. She passed away when I was studying in the US. 
but she's still my most loved one. I respect all Ainu people who have survived until today. I am not someone some researchers may clarify as people who don't like being Ainu or hiding. I just have a different history, story, and face which are made by colonial past. And there's no word to clarify me. It is not my personal identity or feeling, but these are the result of Hokkaido 150 years. But if the classification only recognized two of the different groups as Ainu or Wajin, indigenous or settler, I never exist in the history and present. Thus, in the official census, just as other 100,000 people who have Ainu heritage but being silent or not knowing their heritage. Even I'm here today in front of you, I'm speaking to you, I am still invisible and my voice might not be heard if you just see me as Ainu, minority, indigenous person, or even just Japanese. So, another name of Hokkaido is, many people mentioned, it's Ainu Moshiri. This is the Ainu word and it can be translated as land where human live. And human beings are a creature which can understand others' pain and have imagination and can tell stories with using words. What I have done is take my history back and this is the first step of my decolonization. So now is the time of decolonization when we face each other's pain and start telling and sharing stories for a new path for the future. And people will be able to see, see and hear Aino Lemonis who are now still invisible. So thank you very much for listening. <laughs>《Kaido 150 was hosted by Tristan Gruno and Fuyubi Nakamura on March 14th and 15th, 2019 at the University of British Columbia, located on the traditional, ancestral, and unceded lands of the Musqueam First Nation. For more videos and information about Hokkaido 150, visit meijiat150.arts.ubc.ca slash Hokkaido 150. All music copyright Chikar Studios 2016 and use courtesy of the Okie Dub Ainu Band. Thank you for listening.